OTB. Probably days we were questioning maybe whether this would ever happen first. So now, you know, as I said, it's special and it'll be all undone is the only thing if we don't get over the line next week. So um, everything is riding on that one. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Mike Quirk podcast. Now give me my theme music. This series is brought to you with the help of PST Sport. PST Sport is a design and build specialist contractor focusing exclusively on the design and construction of artificial grass pitches and supporting infrastructure for soccer, GAA, rugby, hockey and tennis. PST's portfolio includes over 50 FIFA certified artificial grass pitches as well as multiple pitches tested and approved for World Rugby, GAA and FIH standards. PST Sports have done over 500 artificial grass pitches for clubs, schools, colleges and local authorities in Ireland and the UK for all different sporting codes. Visit pstsport.com for more details. Welcome everybody to episode 8 of the podcast where we try and scratch below the surface of coaching and look to find ways that we can all do it a bit better. Uh, I want to say a sincere thank you to everybody who's donated to Recovery Haven so far. They are the organization based in Tralee who provide free cancer support services for the people of Kerry and beyond. Um, and I'd ask anybody who else who who has found value in, in the episode so far, uh, if you could find the link in the podcast description below or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk, any donation to them um, would be greatly appreciated by both of us. Uh, similar to the last series, I suppose I'm getting a lot of different kind of coaching questions and queries and scenarios. And uh, I think the best thing to do is just to maybe tackle all of those in the last episode. Uh, so if you do have any issue that you want to raise, anything to do with any of the episodes so far, or something to do with your own context and, and where you coach and what you're doing, then you can send it to the Mike Quirk podcast at gmail.com. That's the Mike Quirk podcast at gmail.com. And what I'll do is I'll compile all of those and um, and take a look at those things for the last episode. Okay, uh, for this week, uh, I'm delighted to say I have a proper Irish sporting icon uh, with me. Um, this guy has travelled everywhere from Munster to France to New Zealand and back to France. He's got nearly 130 caps playing rugby for Ireland. He was a British and Irish Lion, Munster's all-time leading scorer, uh, and now a coach of serious renown in France after spending time at... Uh, Crusaders in New Zealand, Racing in France, and now back to La Rochelle, where they obviously had great success last season. I'm delighted to say that I have Ronan O'Gara here to chat about what he's doing right now in coaching and the journey that he's on. Okay, so Ronan, just one of the first things, and we'll we'll start off probably at the beginning. I, I read a quote from you there today. Look, trying to get the best out of the players that you coach and and you said, I can remember very good coaches that made me feel incredibly good about myself when I played. Like, what was it about those coaches that, that you found, you know, you really wanted to perform and were able to perform at a really high level for? Yeah, obviously, it, it starts with confidence. Uh, and it's a very interesting word for me because I think when you prepare well, you, you get confident. Uh, but when you're an experienced player, that could be for a long number of years. And I think there, it, there's interesting distractions for players nowadays in the fact that uh, he's a confidence player. There's no such thing. 
it, 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 it really probably uh, frustrates me having to deal with that because that language should never come into, I suppose, anyone's mindset, especially an experienced player, no matter what level he's at, because there's no such thing as he's a confidence player. In other words, his fundamentals aren't strong enough. Mm. Is another way of saying that for me. Or, uh, you know, when the sun is shining, he could be good. But yeah. if you're depending on could, buts and ifs, um, it's very... Uh, very difficult, I suppose, to uh, create an environment with sustained um, progress. So, you know what I mean? For me, one of the big things is when you're having a bad day, it's a 6 out of 10 as opposed to a 2 or 3 out of 10. And that's, I think, what defines good and great players. When things are going against them, when the crowd are on their back, when they're not getting bounces of the ball, and that does happen from time to time, or... Uh, you know, difficult wintry conditions uh, into a wind. Mm. That's obviously more difficult than a fine summer's day when you don't have to think about catch passing. You just have the ball and you can have it on a string with either your hands or your eyes or your feet. Uh, so it's something that I'd be kind of big on trying to get younger players to understand the importance of having uh, a good week. And, and yet the next thing I'm going to say is that uh, training is irrelevant then when it comes to game day only in the fact that it gives you a bank of confidence to be able to um, make that transfer but for me I was always probably a fan of training maybe 70 to 80% and having a nice mental and physical shift on game day because I don't think if you're playing every Saturday it's possible to be going mm. there are some guys who can go hell for letter Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday but uh, I wasn't one of those players. I, I can see it in my players. There's certain guys in all different positions that, uh, you mean, cruise during the week and then they're able to flip a switch. There are other guys that need to be 90% and have to be on. Uh, so, you know, I mean, no model works for everyone and that's what makes it very interesting. But I suppose going back to your initial question, um, the coaches um, were able to with even clever wording maybe or even manipulating of, uh, of of a player just making you actually genuinely believe his words uh which is a skill in itself because mm -hmm. sometimes as coaches we say things to players and uh, it's probably a little bit just prior to kickoff a little bit exaggerated how good they are <laughs> but that's that's important as well because um you know, they, it brings out an 80,000, uh, I suppose, viewing public or, or crowd brings out a lot of insecurities in everyone. And you can feel two foot tall or you can feel eight foot tall. And that's that's the beauty. It keeps coming back to the power of the mind and and um, how we consistently work on that area. Yeah, yeah. So so for you, obviously, as a, as a player, it was those people that were able to instill that, that, that sense of of confidence and, and, you know, give you that sense of being bulletproof when, when it was time to perform and, and put the ball where it needed to go? Yeah, probably underlying that may have been, um, I suppose, the other components of certain coaches, the fact of whatever stage it was, a stage of Munster in Ireland, probably in the Lions, I, I felt uh, that I was probably very... Uh, maybe good at 
at staying ahead of the action and being able to see things before other people. So for me to do that, I wasn't uh, blessed with the uh, most athletic attributes, but I had a brain that worked very quickly. Mm. So for me, when there was probably a framework put around me with multiple options and we trained it well, it gave me a huge advantage because I knew maybe if I run this one, I'll get this, the 13 to do this. So he could bite in and then you're kind of setting them up and you are you have them on a kind of a string or a fishing uh, line that you're able to kind of play with them to tease them in or out of the line, depending on what you wanted to do to create space for your, I suppose, for your runners. And that goes back to the preparation led to that to that confidence, obviously, yeah. Um, I heard you speak... Indeed, to- but then, then my, the other thing is be, um, there's always a role for instinctive creativity uh, reading capacity in the modern game so many mm. players have become too robotic in my view in the fact that you get rep- confidence from repetition mm. but what you may have repped all week the picture could be very different than game day and it's even at the most highest levels of sport you see it where teams uh, be it in an Irish jersey or French jersey they probably would practice the situation that they've trained all week as opposed to maybe there's a simpler solution in the live moment if they have the capacity to scan because that's such an important thing in any sport. Now, people who have their head on a swivel can scan uh, and that doesn't mean necessarily moving your head. It means moving your eyes because your eyes are so powerful and and how that connects with the brain Mm. for me gives... um, especially guys playing in nine and 10 in rugby, 15, mm. a huge advantage. Yeah. Someone like Paul Scholes in soccer jumps out at you, you know, he's looking every time before he ever touches a ball and he sees a pass before before anybody else. He's that, that idea, obviously. Um, that I, the idea of, of, of turn, turning fellas into robots or, or overcoaching maybe, the fellas are too scripted, not just in rugby and Gaelic games and in... Any 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 kind of sport that you're looking at, how do you how do you avoid that kind of a situation, or how do you plan to avoid that situation, and yet give them the repetitions that will allow them to have the confidence? And you know that's a that's a that's a that's a narrow bridge to be walking. Yeah, I think it's probably you'd literally have to come over to a French environment to get a taste of it because that's nearly the starting point for anything because there's no sporting environment that is the same and I think so many coaches or directors uh, err because they try and make uh, comparisons and they try and copy and paste yet there's always a history mm. the player profiles are very different the dynamic of the group unless you're in there you can kind of you can't really comment accurately on it so for me I, I think about that a lot in the fact that um you know, in France, it's great because there's high turnover of players traditionally, while now we have stability in our club and stability leads to, uh, as long as I suppose there's hunger and ambition progress. So we've kind of, I've ruled out, I suppose, uh, the players that I didn't feel were up to scratch, but more importantly, a huge emphasis on on getting good people mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, good people make better players and make the journey way more enjoyable as opposed to turning it into a job. We never say we work over here, you know, we, mm. we are passionate about coaching rugby. The boys are passionate about playing. We have a lot of fun, but 
you can only really have fun uh, when the environment is good and when, as we did last year, everything isn't defined by silverware. And I think that's important to the listener as well. But it really, really helps because it validates and it crystallizes anything. And especially where it's probably uh, an anomaly in the fact that you haven't won anything ever in the history of your sport and then you go and you win a European Cup which is mm-hmm. um, a bit of an Everest but it doesn't need to be you know that can become the norm not winning it obviously you that's dream scenario but competing is where you want to be mm. yeah you, you mentioned people there and environments and stuff and, I, and again I, I picked up on stuff that you, you were saying about your time in the Crusaders you were down there for a couple of years and you spoke glowingly kind of about the environment that they were able to create and how the, the thing that jumped out at me was you, you described it as an environment where they really cared. Um, and I thought that was that was not an unusual thing to say. It was just something that you don't see very often. And, and coaching is obviously heavy on technical and tactical and yes. the people skills are starting to become an awful lot more prevalent now. But how 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 could you quantify an environment like that, that, you know, that they really cared yeah, because it, it came back to quality of the person, I suppose. I hit it at a time where there was just coming to the end of an era of exceptional All Blacks with, I mean, Owen Franks, Sam Whitelock is obviously still playing, mm-hmm. Matt Todd, Kieran Reid, um, um, Ryan Crotty, Tim Bateman, uh, who wouldn't be well known, but a phenomenal uh, uh, squad player. Um so they were, uh, you know, Richie McCaw and Dan Carter had passed through at that stage. So it was always probably uh, set up, you know what I mean, set up to succeed in that place. But um, it really, I suppose, separated me the difference between words and acts. There, there's been teams where, where I've seen words are words and in the Crusaders, acts were acts. And, to a point where at the start I was kind of going, "Wow, this is this is way OTT. This is too American. This is too, uh, you know, what I mean, um, kind of high fiving to a, to a degree, which right. was probably very much against my monster upbringing, where we were glass half empty and kind of like you see the badness in a guy as opposed to <laughs> the good things that he offered." Yeah. Uh, but after four months, it just became the norm. And it was so refreshing to see uh, players, you know what I mean, that weren't picked that week, uh, genuinely lead the week and do what's best for the team. While, well, even in Ireland, as test level, Munster at a stage, it was like, you know what I mean, if the 13 wasn't picked this week, he'd be half hoping, which is okay as a competitor, that uh, the man replacing him uh, wouldn't have a good game. Yeah. While the mindset in the Crusaders was, oh, I'm going to set up this fella to play. I hope he actually has a star run because you know what? I'm going to better him next week. Right. And it's a great way of looking at it because it became um, kind of the norm among 30-whatever five players uh, young players coming in were set up to succeed. They were embraced by the older players. They were given a great uh, opportunity to to feel, um, I suppose, uh, welcomed and warranted. And uh, 
it was a, a very, very caring environment from um from all departments. Right. Yeah. That's that that high five thing is interesting. They there was a study there, wasn't there, with the was it the the Warriors over in the um in Golden State, the basketball and the number of high fives and how tactile they were and the, the link with that with successful teams that the you know the more the more fellas are giving them a high five that you know apparently it's 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 leading to that kind of an environment where fellas are just that bit closer and and maybe that they care a little bit more about each other's success. It's it's an interesting kind of link between between that and success, which would be a bit unusual, really. Well, um, I suppose the key point, as you say, if it's authentic and if it's real, it works. If if that's an act, it's beyond cringe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there are probably establishments in business and in sport that are trying that, and they'll end up with an absolute massive uh, headache on their plate. Yeah, and but how do you how do you how do you get that? Like, obviously, there's a lot of people that listen to this, Rona, that are are coaching under 14s or 16s and and all the way up the line. But how do you develop something authentic like that? I mean, I know it's the people. Yeah, well, I think it, it, it's, I think it's, it's consistent buy-in. Buy-in is a great word, mm. and I think it's underappreciated. And I think uh, it's pretty easy when you, with non-verbal communication, even to see what buy-in looks like because mm. it's connection with the eyes. It's when you're speaking. Are they looking at the floor? Are they looking at you? Are they interested? Are they engaged? Uh, how are their moods fluctuating? Are they are they up for it? Uh, and then, yeah, like we all understand that you know what I mean. It only takes one or two bad eggs to sink the boat. Yeah. Uh, but consistent bad eggs need to be ruled out. And then the kind of I suppose the the group there's always probably three groups in any establishment. There's the guys who are nearly self motivated, who are driven, who are believe in the project, want to drive on. Then there's the middle tier who are unsure whether they want to go to the poisonous guys. Or they want to go towards the the leaders and the good group, and then you know, uh, certainly there's probably five to ten in any environment where they're just bad eggs, and you need to cut them. Mm. Yeah, and and that obviously helps. You, if you can identify those early and, and and move those people on in any environment, that's gonna that's gonna create a little bit more. Success. You have to before you move them on. You have to, as difficult as it is, you have to flip it. And ask them, how do you see it? Because I think so many of us assume we know how they're thinking, or we mm. we think we know, which is a huge error to make. Mm. So mm. once you engage in that, and obviously if three conversations are negative, then the time is up. But you'd be pleasantly surprised by flipping it and to give an opportunity about how Tommy sees the world. Mm. Mm. And if Tommy's view is appreciated in a little bit, he might give it back tenfold to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to the, the, the people skills. It's it's coaching, like, geez, I, and I, I, I bang on about this regular enough in, in terms of all the coach education stuff that's out there in all the national governing bodies and over here. And it's all so heavily weighted towards that technical and tactical stuff and knowing how to throw the right pass and how to make this tackler, how to kick the ball, and it's 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 actually it's such uh it's obviously important, but it's not 
it's not the key piece in in whether it's younger stuff and keeping kids playing or in the higher level stuff and really maximizing your the group of people you have available. Yeah, I actually I, I read one or two of your articles actually, which are very good. But like, there's been a pushback recently, very recently towards that, hasn't it? I think there's getting a, your your point of view is getting a lot of traction, and I completely agree. There should be a drop off point for kids where they should be left, and then the coach take them, and there should be an element of fun, yeah. and and parents should be left inside in the clubhouse or go away and play an all game of tennis or yeah. whatever they want to do exercise. but like this watching underage training is an absolute disaster because of the fact uh, parents want to live their lives through the actions of their kids if the mm. parents have had their time now let them have fun you can only have fun really if there's a blind element to it and mm. there's a lot of trust I suppose given to your coach where uh, he obviously needs to be uh, on his game, mm. and the, you, 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 we all remember as kids the impact that a good coach can have on you, and also the flip side is that the negative impact, yeah, uh, because they're all sponges and they take it up. But like I've seen it so many times where uh, so many people have broken young kids, which is not the idea of sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's just uh, like I think parents and, and most parents, every parent look is is obviously only after the best interest of their own kids, and they want to see them do well. But it's it's that point in having a bit of trust in the coach as well, and allow them to enjoy the whole thing because there's very few of them are going to go on and be international players and or are into county players. But that's the problem. They all think they are. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah, and yeah. The, the you know I think the the reality is that it's 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 brilliant feedback if you can see it correctly but how many parents are blind to, to their boy or girl they see it through their eyes while the coach may see it completely differently and unless the coach is a bad egg he wants what's what's best for the team for the best for the team up to whatever under 16 potentially should be enjoying playing as many sports as you can get a different touch trying out different positions having a laugh because it's important you laugh I think it's very very important that like uh, do another going back to the Crusaders like my first season arriving there four hours before a cup final the lads were whipping down each other's pants with a kind of a different kind of childish game but like I was absolutely stunned on <laughs> these boys these guys aren't on they're not on we're going to yeah. get hockey today you know and yeah. Everyone prepares differently. Everyone sees the world. Respect what other people are doing. Just because it's your vision, it doesn't necessarily have to be the guy's next year. He prepares very differently. He sees it differently. It's it's fascinating what it was. Now, not anymore for me, but just how, you know, the island boys prepare over here. They like to giggle. They need to be a little bit on edge and kind of chirpy and giddy. Uh, while my way in Munster was very serious, nearly nose into the wall, and that's but that's not the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's. You spoke actually about when that Crusaders time. You spoke about the the way you kind of flipped your mindset and your you kind of developed more of a growth mindset that was not something that you were you know was very prevalent with you before. And 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 that's like that's what you're talking about, basically, just that exposure to a different kind of an environment and culture and people and and how they all do things differently. Yeah, but even for myself too, just in terms of and that's why the Babas week was so good too. I don't know, is there such a thing in 
in GA, but maybe not yet. Um, but like the, the the capacity to have a a week where it's completely different to any other week mm. in your in your cycle, where it's essentially, um, you know, social Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoon and night. You know, so by mm. Friday you're absolutely hanging, but for the whatever the days that you're awake during Monday to Thursday there's a there's an element to getting organized so you're on but you're off mentally Mm. but it it makes you really question I suppose the structured model as opposed to the instinctive model there's no sustainability obviously in a coaching year for the barbarians model but there are so many uh, great little nuggets that you can take away from it and it's the same um, especially in in the top fourteen, it's such a long season. But like, the, you have to have uh, an element of of, of fun and um, you know, I mean, humor to your day. Otherwise, it it drags. Yeah, and like, is that something that in your in your position though, is that something that you can plan for, or is it just again part of the environment that that you try and create with the other coaches there? Yeah, exactly. You do because, as you say, it has to be authentic again yeah. because. There's nothing worse than compulsory fun and boys going bowling or (laughs) it's it's just yeah it either takes off or else it doesn't. Uh, but at the same time, um, you mean there's a starting point for everyone, and there are days where most definitely you put your hand up and you go, "This this is a basket case. This is going nowhere." Mm. But then I think you understand. But it's like perseverance is hugely important ingredient in our in our psyche, and someday something clicks, and then when you think you're on top of it, something clicks the other way, and you feel like, oh god, I have so many, uh, yeah, it's like so many, yeah, you know, you think you figure out something with your driver, and suddenly your putting goes astray, or vice versa. It's just. Like coaching, coaching is very to me is very like the game of golf. I, one day something is working really good, and you think you have that, and and now suddenly there's another something's after popping up here, and you're like, Jesus Christ! I didn't even realize this was a this was an issue we had to look at, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And then when it rolls or it hums for you, it's very simple. Yeah, very simple. It's a game, no matter what game it is, played at speed with accuracy. Yeah, that's that's simple and straightforward. Yeah, uh, you you're like your move, Rob, for, or uh, Ronan, from from Munster to France to New Zealand and and back to France. That exposure of all those those kind of environments, and and obviously the exposure to the different types of people that we spoke about, and and how that's kind of maybe changed your outlook on the whole thing. But like, what was what was the kind of a something, you know, a key thing that you pulled from from that experience of changing environments. Like I'm obviously now I'm involved with with, with Kerry and, and previously I would have gone above to to leash for two years. Um and again not not worse or better, but just completely different environment and out of my comfort zone to somewhere that I didn't know anybody, had to learn all these new players and deal with all these new people. And then you come away from that and you 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 say, Do you know what I'm I'm better for that experience and I I've taken a lot from it. What is it? What is it that you are kind of looking at from those different experiences that you'll you'll take forward, kind of into your into your next project or where you're staying? You know, I I've never actually thought about it like that, but I would agree. Which the the in the coaching game, 
as difficult as it is, I think there's always a return. So when you're under the pump and you, when you feel that you're completely isolated, which I certainly do at times, uh, you feel very capable uh, for whatever is next. Mm. I think what is also probably exciting for me, yet hugely rewarding, would be the fact that you have to think in English and speak in French. Mm. So that's, you know, like getting one or two words wrong means a different um, uh, context, meaning to the players. And that, and that's, I mean, when, when we're as coaches, like your language has to be good and has to be on point. And with that, it, it, it tires you mentally because you're, you, you, you mean you're drinking in English, then you have to whip it into French and then nearly say it to yourself before you say it coming out. But this is all done in in, uh, in, in seconds. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, what, what I'm good at, I think, is the short term. I don't have a brain really that can see middle or long term. Obviously, recruitment is hugely important in my game. Uh, I'm all over that. But in terms of, you mean preseason camp for next year? Forget it. I have no interest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just don't have any interest. Stop wasting my time. You're you're not going to get a reply from me or a or a, <laughs> an accommodating coffee on that front. You know, there's. <laughs> There's there's other things to be probably to be done and spoken about before anything and and I think it's important too that you you stay in the know and you enjoy the know and the journey and everything else will look after itself but I think we're people are very uh, fast to to plan while it's it's probably robbing a robbing a Polly O'Connell uh, phrase but it's winning the next moment yeah. I mean it's winning the next training session it's winning the next yeah. um, you, you know what I mean stretching session for for, for, for the boys you know it's it's mm. winning the next little meeting have you prepared as best you can for that or are you going in there and you mean trying to make it up because as um, what's the word as uh, strong or as um, powerful you may feel in your mind, you got to remember that you're only one brand. There's a lot of smart people in the room and a lot of leaders make the mistake of thinking that they're they're too important. No one, the show goes on, no one is irreplaceable. So uh, you're being constantly judged without people saying anything. The minute you take your position, your body language at the front of the room, these guys are have eyes all over you. They're reading you inside out. And coaches in good form, bad form. Oh, coach looks like he had a late night. Coach looks that uh, he's on point today. You know, so mm. it's it, it's it's that I suppose consistency what separates um, I think good from great, and the fact that you know I mean mood swings are not allowed really in in our game because you can't have that where. Winning games, it's rosy, and you're ding. You're losing games, and your behaviour is different. Yeah. That that creates doubt in people, players, which will come back and haunt you at a different stage. Like I, I never even thought of the language thing. Obviously, there, like when you were talking, obviously that's like that's a that's a Jesus Christ, that's a serious challenge, and it's in itself just to be able to articulate your, oh, your it's, thoughts. It's exactly. It's very very. Uh, 
because you know you just better in your first lines. You know, there's no yeah. doubt about yeah. it. You can you can nail a point, yeah. but you know, if it is really important, but every point can't be really important. Otherwise, yeah. you've got you've got your messaging wrong. You know, so. Yeah. Just on that, you need confirmation and you kind of ask them, so what did you hear there, boys? Have I got that right, you know? And, and, and you make them tell them back because it's very interesting, I think, the further I go along in this, uh, what you say may be completely different to what they hear, mm. which is uh, which is a good learning point because yeah. it's um, they all hear it very differently. They hear it how they want to hear it. Mm. As yeah. opposed to what you said, yeah, which which like you said might be might be uh yeah, and you and you find out after the game that what what they heard was very different to what you said, yeah. Uh, are you are you like are you conscious of, conscious about about that kind of learning? Like how how is it that you kind of assess your own learning? Now, I'm not talking about like I mean, do you do you write stuff down? Like do you do you do you yeah do you write yeah. Stuff? Yeah, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah I, I I keep diaries, you know, or just notebooks. Yeah. So if you find something good, something that works, something that didn't work, you'll 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 make a note of it and you'll come back to it and you'll 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 learn from it. Yeah, nearly. I probably well in the last twelve months anyway, pretty. Um, I suppose established in my approach but like it, it, I think the capacity to uh, adapt and stay in the moment and run with the little nuances of uh, the championship or Europe I think that's constantly changing and I think that's your capacity to read your group mm. because if you're reading it from notes or a textbook I think you've lost the moment mm. Yeah, like read your group. Everything like it's it's all it's all it's still all people stuff. Like it's still all coming back to knowing your people and and being able to being able to. And, and there is you're making a big error in making generalities about your team or your group because for me, no two are the same. Mm. Yeah, no two, and it's very interesting because that could be a deep conversation or discussion at any stage because. You, yeah, you've your team, but like the the process or the learning from one game to another, they don't all play the same, even if the team plays well. Yeah. yeah. So they're all at different, I suppose, uh, varying degrees of what they need to get better at or what they need to keep doing well mm. to get where they need to get to. But if the only person that wants them to get there is me, I'm where the two of us are dead. Yeah. Yeah. If his driver isn't as big as my drive for him, then we're pushing a, you know what I mean, a yeah. water uphill, as they say. And like that individuality thing, like I've twins, like I've twin boys, and like that, I can tell them something now, and they'll both hear something different, and they'll both do something different. So it's it's uh, it's amazing. Even the fellas that came out the same are still they're different in every way. Like you know, it's and players are the exact same, obviously. Um, listen, we're near, we're nearly there. Just one or two to finish. What is it? What is it that you found, I suppose, that, that works really well for you in your coaching? What is it now that you've come across from wherever that you've picked up from your playing and all the way along that you found now and say, yeah, do you know what, that, that's working for me? I just think personal relationships. I think, I think just um, 
making them know you're there. I think making them know that it's not just any old game, you know, that it's, 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 it matters to me that you feel good about yourself. It matters to me that you put it in for your, your teammate today. It matters to me that we have the best environment in Europe. It matters to me how we play in front of a full house. It matters to me when uh, we stay on the ground, when the better option for the team is to get back into the defensive line. Uh, so uh, I, I, I think I think that coupled with kind of consistency of, of good values and good behaviour, that's, that's what I push. Mm. I think the strategy is... is something I really enjoy coaching, but before that, you need to establish essentially what do you want to get over and what do you stand for? Yeah. Uh, and that probably, that probably feeds into the, like the last one or two in terms of like dealing with, dealing with disappointment or dealing with not defeat necessarily, but poor performance or, or disappointment. How, how has your coaching kind of evolved to get you to a point where you, you deal with that better now than, than you did previously or has it? Chair, my wife piped up. No, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, I think I, I like like the, the reality is the more successful you are, the bigger disappointments you have. You know mm. mean like everyone says to us, like you want to go up in cup last May. I remember just as well the May and June previously, we lost the top 14 final and the European Cup final. Mm. If people are quick to forget that, but you know yourself, like once w- once you live that and taste that, you can picture the dressing room so easily. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's very easy to just gloss over it and go straight to Marseille, but mm. you know I mean, that's not being accurate or consistent about what you're doing or what you're preaching, you know? So the lows are always way lower, that's for certain. Yeah, uh, but they, I think, um, and it worse worse as a player or a coach. Different. Mm. There's global responsibility and global failure when you're a coach. I think it hits you harder because at least when you play, you release those endorphins, those emotions. You're, you 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 can kind of nearly. Uh, live with yourself for having the bad game but like the coach mm-hmm. as a failure is you know what I mean you feel you feel low as a worm because yeah. it can come at you at so many different angles about preparation you know I mean, should I should I have uh, you know what I mean gone away for those three days instead of burning my head but that's weak you know what I mean that's weak and I, I don't I think uh, the most important thing for me in the coaching is just being at peace with yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there are so many other uh, things that we, we we can't control, but what you can control is trying to get the best out of yourself and just being able to look in the mirror and go, do you know what, I gave this season my best shot. Obviously, your level of honesty has to be a, has to be a good starting point. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a, you're fooling yourself, you know. But I think for me, once once you kind of have that kind of hard conversation with uh, getting your preparation right, I think you can sleep well, and sleeping well is important in our game. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 not coming home and terrorizing the poor family after a, after a bad defeat is never never good. Um, finish, just finish with give me give me something just to finish in terms of I maybe we haven't done a whole pile for kind of those those younger coaches. Is there any kind of message we spoke about parents? Is there anything you kind of leave with those people? Um, you know, an area that they could kind of focus on. You know, they're all going to be starting their seasons in the next couple of weeks. Whatever, all all different age groups. Uh, what was something that that you'd like to have known if you were at that level now from from what you've seen so far? Um, I I I just think the uh, having fun and and not making it like I, I what I enjoyed kind of actually in um, in the Crusaders was good and it's something I I haven't really pushed on but there was kind of nearly. When you're when you were training, there was kind of a a test yourself period in terms of try things. So we don't care if the ball is on the ground. We don't care if we if we make errors. So this is the time to try and get better. Can push yourself. Try things. You know what I mean? Am I catching here? Catch here? How do you finish your hands? Uh, you mean just stuff with? Uh, you mean comfortable with? around the house passes off either hand in and out you know I think it was great actually because well you know of course with you in terms of the how it change, how many days or weeks it, is needed to change the brain in terms of how it's it's uh, formulated on certain skills you know and I think that was that was interesting just to watch players as skilled as they were comfortable yeah with skills they practice but you introduce kind of something where they freestyle we call it yeah it was all over the place yeah 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 and looks a mess but that's there's a bit of learning happening of course huge learning because something that I talk a lot about too is that you, uh, everyone in the world or everyone journalists the media the coaches the presidents they all put a limit on you mm. but like for me, they're doing a huge injustice to put a limit on people. Let them off, you know. Mm. Like we don't know where this is going to end. Who said it'll end like this? You know, don't buy into the to the sheep mentality where you know I mean we're going to follow each other. Have a goal. Express yourself. Yeah, better be a wolf than a sheep. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Raj, thanks a million for your time, man. I know it's late over there now, and I've I've taken off your evening, so uh, thanks a million. And... No, I really enjoyed it. I really. Enjoyed it.